Hey, Matt, my name is Keith Steckler, a uh, fellow marketer, ad agency guy myself. And um, my connection to your podcast is I grew up in Millerton, New York, about two hours north of the city. And something that's been on my mind with uh, the recent Corona news and events is how are these small towns and villages going to survive? Um, now would typically be the time we're turning into spring where people would be taking weekend trips and spending time and dollars in these small towns and villages. And as someone with a vested interest to Millerton and the surrounding areas, I'm just wondering what your thoughts are on how towns and, and businesses are dealing with it right now, how long we think we'll have to deal with it, and um, if we think everyone's going to be okay, um, given we don't know the timetable here. So I'd love to uh, hear an episode about it in the uh, coming days or weeks. I'm Matt Zucker, and this is Cityet, learning to live and love life in the Hudson Valley. That opening voice message was from Keith Stickler, a listener who grew up in Millertown. His question is, how are these small towns and villages going to survive? Many like our own have made good progress, and now would be such a time of weekend trips and festivals, which are obviously not happening. Like I'm sure for you, the last few weeks have been increasingly uncomfortable and confusing. Hopefully you and your family and friends are okay. Although I think we're all just a few degrees either from someone who isn't well or who might be positive but not symptomatic. To be honest, I haven't left the house very much in the last month. I have a few things that make me a bit vulnerable, and I've just been fine to work all week at home on Zoom and on weekends do a hike with Brian and Nora or meet up with a friend. Last Saturday, we met with our friend Lisa at Bishbash Falls, and last Sunday, we met with our friend Tom at Stottsburg State Park. His husband, Jamie, is a nurse anesthesiologist, so is down in the city working at the hospital. Mill's mansion at Stottsburg is like Downton Abbey, set along the river in a unique place where they did a deal so the train run line runs behind the house instead of in front, so they have direct access to the water. Nora, Brian, Tom, and I hiked along the trail, passing other folks in masks or otherwise, all keeping our distance. What we do sure has changed, including the time we spend in local stores, big and small. This week was weirder. The mask roll has officially gone into effect, and Saturday I stopped, wear stopped by wearing mine to buy some tonic water and ice cream at Stewart's. Maybe I was wearing it wrong, but it was still uncomfortable, and my breathing fogged up my glasses. Saturday is also pickup day at Hardy Roots, so I texted ahead and then waited in the parking lot a distance from other people until our bags were ready on the table out front. Keith's question really stuck with me. I learned in a Facebook group that already one coffee shop is shut down for good, while others are temporarily closed. Being the investigative journalist you know me to be, I started to poke around, going to the right sources, including the town government. What I learned after this. So my first call was to Brent Kovalchik, Deputy Mayor of the Village of Red Hook. I asked him, Mr. Deputy Mayor, given we don't know the timetable for this virus, how are towns and businesses dealing with it? Well, he said, sighing a bit through the phone, he shared a mix of bad news, but also some reason for optimism. We're hoping to hold on to what we have, he said. People find imaginative ways to stay in business. Some local businesses are being helped by their landlords, he said. Some businesses are developing new marketing techniques. He was proud that there's been a coordinated effort between government and local merchants. Mayor Blendell has been very helpful, Brent said, designating certain parking areas for grab and go, which is important for pickup. He also told me about Red Hook Responds, a group started by Dan Buds of Taste Buds Cafe in Red Hook. 
a group of merchants, mostly in the restaurant business, delivering food and training volunteers to help and feed the homebound and sick. We had talked about the local economy and what makes it up. That mix of local businesses, plus Bard College, of course, plus tourism that comes in on weekends. I mean, Bard is an essential component of our economy, of course, from the students and faculty attending to the weekends that bring in a lot of business. Graduation, parents' weekend, that new students welcome that would happen in the spring, which isn't happening, of course. So then I, call, I spoke to Kim McGrath, executive director of Red Hook Area Chamber of Commerce. I actually met Kim last August when she came to Brian's birthday party and Thanksgiving in the summer here in our garden. Smart, passionate, creative, and very candid. She's terrific. She was pragmatic and optimistic. We talked about how the Enchanted Cafe, a little restaurant in the village we both love, was one of the first casualties. She's been helping the businesses access information, grants, and loans that can help them during this time. It's complicated, and everyone needs help urgently. I asked if the township had a plan, which I was pleasantly surprised to hear that it did. The thing she noticed is that our town plan is more focused on land preservation, which of course is great, but it's not focused as much on what the area can be. Coming out of this, we need to be more intentional about what is here. For example, instead of just any service business renting a storefront in the main commercial district, what we need, she thinks, is more retail and restaurant businesses in the village, places, you know, that get foot traffic, where you want to shop and walk around. Kim's inspiring and a magnet. It didn't take long before I said yes for me and Brian to join her collective of local folks trying to improve Red Hook. She was eager to get more ideas from people who have been elsewhere and have seen other models. The one thing I said is that I don't know how long I will last. I admittedly get frustrated early, and I'm still new at this small town stuff. She said, oh yes, no problem. Everyone does. Honestly, every observation and complaint has to be put in context of feeling lucky. That we're not sick, that we have what we need, that Brian is such a good cook. During the week, I'm busy working, too, which is also lucky. On the weekends, we can hike, or I just got a subscription to Masterclass. There's a buy one, get one subscription free going on right now, so I gave that to my mom. There's like 100 famous people, chefs, actors, writers, RuPaul, giving life lessons for free. I started with David Sedaris' masterclass on writing with in humor. He advises on how to turn whatever happens in your life into writing. Your orthodontist comes on to you. Write about it. You lose a limb that's not your writing hand. Write about it. Not a lot is happening to me, so I definitely have to search in the minutiae. Should I write about putting on that mask at Stewart's, buying tonic water, and it steaming up my glasses? Or maybe I, that I was so weirded out by the clerk also wearing a mask and another customer not wearing a mask, I wanted to leave the store. But then I froze, tempted to buy my usual $10 scratch-off card from the New York Lottery. For the first time, though, I worried, what if I actually won? I mean, if I won, say, 2000 for life, like I've always wanted to, and I've always thought it's possible, will I be a jerk? I mean, who wins at a time like this? And if I won just $20, which is admittedly a thrill, even though on some level I do know I'm just getting my money back, would I be a miserly terrible person if I came back into Stewart's to cash it in? Driving up Route 9 on the way home, I thought about maintaining distance and how it would be a while before I couldn't. I pulled into the driveway and found Brian outside near the creek, looking at me, pointing to his mouth to be very quiet. Following his sight line, I saw what he was keeping a distance from, and it made me really happy. On the edge of the creek were the arrival of two ducks, just like we get every spring. Maybe the same ones, I don't know. 
This year we named them Asherwood and Sherwood, after the streets I grew up in in Springfield. They swim back and forth nearly every day now, and while I hope that's a nest they're building up on the creek edge, I also hope they don't crap all over the yard. This is Matt Zucker at home in the Hudson Valley, hoping our towns will thrive again soon. Till then, I'll be supporting our favorite local businesses like Paws Dog Boutique in Red Hook, Giabata in Santa Fe and Tivoli. We'll also sure to be keep shopping at farm stands like Sawkill Farm, Hardy Roots Farm, and Northwind Farms. And whether it's on a hike with a friend, on a weekend, or the ducks on our land, I'll be keeping my distance. You do too. One final thought, if you want to support Red Hook Response, please visit redhookresponse.org. We're also very concerned about people's access to food. Brian turned his Little Freed Library in Tivoli, in front of Winds, to a Little Freed Pantry. If you're in the area, you can drop off canned or packaged goods or reach out to us about how to support it at goatsatcityat.com or via our Facebook page. We'll take all the help we can get. And lastly, if you have a question about moving upstate that you need answered, send it in. Or like Keith, Visit anchor.fm slash and send a voice message. Just look for the icon that says message. Record your brilliant and thoughtful question and send. And I'm on it. Thanks.